I have felt a bigger sense of community because of this show than I ever did when I was in the army, when I was growing up, when I was in college. You know, I I I never felt wanted anywhere until this show. Michelangelo here, you know, the master of the whirling pizzas. And you, my friend, are listening to Turtle Flakes, a bodacious bowl of Ninja Turtles goodness, brought to you by my radical dudes, Rob and John. Cowabunga! Cowabunga, dudes who do and welcome to another episode of Turtle Flakes, the very first episode of 2019. I am your lowly co-host, Rob, and join with me, as always, is my partner, my brother, my, uh... It's Josh, hi. It's Josh, there we go. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta cut time here. (laughs) just gonna, what else can I, what titles can I give him? Jeez, I should have thought about that before. None, don't worry, it's Josh, hi. It's just Josh, it's Josh. (laughs) Everybody everybody knows a D-bag named Josh, you know? (laughs) Well, you know, you were the you were the first for me for the longest time. I, I, I I'm just kidding. You know what my friend? You know what my group of friends is missing? You know, it's just oh, there it is. There's the first cowbung of the year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's Jeff. Oh. Uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Hi. Hello, everybody. Nice to see you again. I keep wa- I still wave at the camera. Just hi. Yeah. Well, he's waving to me. Yeah. It's it's yeah. so nice to see Josh again. It's so nice to talk turtles again. We have been away for a little while. I'd say about four months maybe five months. it's been it's been about three months we we sure took a break in september yeah yeah september october episode. we did right and it was yeah. it was unintentional yes we, we you got busy with work yes um i did not so yeah. <laughs> yeah. but you have five kids I have five kids, which I mean, that's not an excuse. I mean, you know, my wife has five kids too. Not that we have ten, but like my <laughs> wife also has five kids. You know, and she's she manages. She's yeah. she read the book by Michael Scott. Somehow she manages. Somehow I manage. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It's so good to be back, though. You know, no no joke. I, you know, with all all the crazy craziness aside, I, Josh and I we we both share the same vision. You know, or same opinion that. This is a part of us. This is something that uh, I don't think we could get away from if we tried. Uh, this is just yeah. – we're always going to be drawn to the Turtles. We're always going to be drawn to this show. And we thank you so much for sticking with us because this show – and it's my fault. I'm the guy who edits it. This show has been very inconsistent in, in recording. I think 2017 was a good year. 2018, not so good as far as, as consistent um, episodes go. Yeah. But, you know, it, the thing is – we're always going to be around, so just just stick with us because uh, you'll know. If we were to ever end the show, you would know. All right, We, we would make an announcement about it. We'd call it done. But I have no intentions of ending it, and I don't think Josh does either. So it's so good to be back, and we are covering a good one today, guys. Um, this is TMNT Volume 1, Issue 1. Peter and, and, and uh, Kevin's baby. This is the one that started it all. Do it, do it. Hello, Violators. You're in Casey's comic classroom. Prepare to be screwed. I still can't believe that you and I have never talked about this issue on it. I mean, like, we've talked about, we've talked about, we've talked around this issue so many times on this show, but, like, just actually focusing on the first issue, it's like, well, <laughs> and the thing of it is, is we, everybody kind of knows what we're going to say. It's obviously <laughs> a good issue. It's very easily uh, obtainable. You can find it. You can buy it digitally a thousand different ways. You can mm-hmm. find reprints of the first issue so easily now that there's really no excuse for any, I hate saying it this way, but any real Turtle fan, you should have this book. <laughs> yes. I mean, this is, the, this is the one that started it all. And mm-hmm. I actually didn't read this book until years later. I was introduced to the Turtles through the toy line and the cartoon. Yeah, and then in the 
early 2000s, I found Volume 4 by accident, which kind of brought me into this whole realm of comics. I always knew it was based on a comic. Even as a teenager, I think I knew that, yeah. but I never actually read it until much, much later. And that kind of opened up a whole new world for me. That was kind of the same way because I I was introduced to the cartoon and then a couple of years later I found the TMNT Adventure comics and I thought, oh, well, these comics are based on the cartoon. <laughs> yep. And then I didn't know about the black and white com- – I, I didn't know about the black and white comic till about 1991 when I got the Christmas issue. Oh, wow. And then I had never read anything else until about 2010 or 2000, 2000, between 2008 and 2010 – was when I started reading the old stuff, and because yeah, I just I didn't know, and right. I'm willing to bet about ninety five percent of people that say they want the old the everything to be like the old comics was introduced to the turtles from the dorky cartoon that we all watched. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you actually read the comics because they were sold at you know. Little comic book shops in Maine. <laughs> you didn't read it living in Chicago or Montana. I'm sorry, you didn't. You know, <laughs> shots fired I, early this morning. I'm Good sorry, luck. you did not. You didn't read this until five years ago. <laughs> oh, here he goes. You know, I've never seen nothing's changed, Josh. Jeez, you hoser. Oh, man, I gotta take my jacket off, man. I'm gonna... <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, well, you know, I do need to amend what I said. Um, about not knowing about the comics. You brought the adventures. Yeah. I mean, I had seen those in the grocery stores. I had seen those yeah. as a kid mm-hmm. and thought, oh, wow, just like you, that they were based specifically based on, on the cartoon. cartoon. Yeah. Um, yeah. It wasn't until much later, you know, when the internet was really kind of a household thing for most people in the late 90s and early 2000s, that I discovered the comics. And when I went back and started reading Volume 1, uh, and and volume four is the one that hooked me right away. Mm-hmm. Um, I was you know I was immediately hooked into this whole new universe of stuff, some great stuff. And it's weird because it's always interesting to hear the contrast between turtle fans. You have some that started with a cartoon, but then you've also got others that started with the comic. So we started with a cartoon, so we have this beloved bias <laughs> towards that cartoon. We do, but Man, then the once you start with. People... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, you go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say it was just I was just gonna make a bad joke. It's like the, <laughs> you know when you've met somebody that started uh, their love for Ninja Turtles with the old comic because that's the first thing they'll tell you. <laughs> just like well, you know, I used to read the comic. It was like when it's it's like I'm in the army, so I knew a lot of Marines. I know that sounds stupid, but like every five minutes when you talk to a Marine, they had to remind you they were in the Marine Corps. <laughs> Just for the record, did you know I that? I don't know if you know this, but I'm a Marine, okay? <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but I started reading the first volume of the Ninja Turtles comic. It's like, oh, there he goes. Yep. Really? Man, I don't, I don't care. I don't, <laughs> let's be honest. The best comic book series for the Ninja Turtles is the IDW one. Oh, so I don't know about that. Uh, I do. Okay, all right. I can prove it. It's the longest running. Oh, it's the longest running one. It's had the most spinoffs and characters. It's had the biggest sales per issue consistently, even though sales have been declining. But sales have been declining over comic books overall. So it's not IDW's fault. Mm-hmm. Also, the tur- that Turtles comic is so popular, they have brought back and reprinted uh, the Turtles Adventures series, the uh, Turtles classics. The, yeah, the color classics, yeah. They're going to get collections of the Mirage book. And more than likely, that's indicating that they're going to start collecting Volume 4 within the next couple of years. So you define success by how well they're doing financially. Yeah, I think a lot of people do. Yes. <laughs> if, if you're going by that, I would, would certainly agree. But you know who personally, else, you know who what else do you think? measured success by how much was being sold? Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they're doing okay. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's for sure. Fine. None yeah. of them are actually complaining about anything anymore. You know, it's just... <laughs> That's Kevin true. Eastman hasn't had to eat spam and macaroni for a long time. No, no, not till probably the uh, or not since the early Mirage days. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, guys, um, I for, I guess for me personally, I just enjoy Volume Four the best. That, but that's just me. Um, yeah. But going back I, to, I completely understand. Yeah. 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 I I love the Adventures books. Yeah. That's probably oh, yeah. my favorite one. But like. I understand that there. I understand that there are better comics. And I understand that there are comics that people like more. 
So. Sure, sure, absolutely. If we're going specifically on personal bias, yeah. And I, you know, there is something magical about those adventure books. I'm, I'm with yeah. you there. And it just enjoyment is subjective. You know, yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, it's like you absolutely adore Volume Four, and I just I like it. Mm-hmm. I, it's good. You know, I'm, I'm glad the issues weren't super expensive, or else I would have felt ripped off, and then I wouldn't have liked them. You know, because like I don't, I don't think I don't know about now because it's been a few years since I bought them, but like I don't think I spent more than five bucks on a single issue of my Volume Four comics. Wow, yeah, that's understandable. Oh, speaking of which, guys, um, on the Mirage site, the website, you can still buy those issues. As a matter of fact, I bought a couple issues from Volume Four, and I bought a couple uh, issues from Volume One directly from their site. And it takes a couple of weeks, but uh, the prices are very reasonable. Uh, most of them, if not all of them, are first printings. So that's still available, and it's a lot easier to do that and go directly to Mirage than it would be to try to find everything out in the wild or yeah. on eBay or things like that. And the stuff that you find on eBay, most of the time, it's a little bit overpriced. If you if you want like reasonably priced comics and you, I don't know, for whatever reason, you can't find it on Mirage.com, I don't know why you wouldn't, mm-hmm. I would suggest going to MyComicShop.com. Yeah, they got some good stuff. That's where I got all of mine, and they were relatively they were pretty uh, chill about their prices, and you'd get everything within a week. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so that's because I mean, everything's I think everything ships from Texas. I think yeah. I think they're based out of Texas, but I would go to mycomicshop.com if if Mirage just isn't your fancy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I but yeah, stay s- off eBay. Yes, yeah, stay off eBay seriously <laughs> because you get a lot of price gouging. There are um, some sharks. Yeah, and sometimes, I mean, I've I've heard horror stories on the Technodrome forums of people ordering uh, on eBay, and you know, it claims that it's a first printing when it's really a second or third printing of something. Yet the price was a a first printing. Yeah, or you get like a Ninja Turtles cover on a Iron Fist comics, like oh, <laughs> come what? on, that's that's just that's just wrong. I think the worst part about this was that it was Iron Fist. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so um. So going back to issue one, all right. All right. So the the reason we wanted to start start uh, with the very first issue is one, Josh and I never talked about it, and two, to kind of reignite that fire because there is something magical about this first issue, and it, it it's just you're seeing something before it became this huge, phenomenal, um, gosh, I'd say era of the eighties and nineties, yeah. uh, before it became what it was. So. What was your first experience reading this book? I mean, when was it? Like, how'd you find it? What What did you think oh, when you first read man. it? So the first time I read this book was when I bought um, the the art book, The Definitive History of the Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. It, that, that came out in, like, 2013. And I bought that. And I bought, like, this – I don't know if it was every one, but the, the version that I came with – that I bought – uh, it came with a reprinting of the. It was like a mini reprinting of the uh, the the first issue, and I read I read that before the art book because I just saw it and I thought I've never read this. I'm gonna read this, mm-hmm. and it was it's. I'm I'm not gonna lie. It's a really cool issue. It is <laughs> definitely. <laughs> it is. There's something so 80s about it. Yeah. Like it's it takes it's just like an eighties Van Damme movie or something or like it's like a martial arts movie where like <laughs> it's kind of like you ever seen a Jackie Chan's Rumble in the Bronx? Oh yeah, a long time it's, ago, but yeah, it it plays very similar to that where it's it's kind of ridiculous, it's kind of funny, but then there's that scene in the movie where Jackie Chan gets like beat up with beer bottles in an alley and he's left for dead. It's kind of like that, <laughs> you know? It's it's. It's somewhere that's where it lives right there. And it and so when I first read this, I just I mean, I just enjoyed the heck out of it. You know, I I thought it was a lot of fun to read. It's quick. It's a quick read, even it though sure it's like is. forty pages, which is big for a comic book. Um but yeah, it was and it was it was definitely not the turtles that I knew because I had never really read even the Mirage books that I read as a kid weren't like this. There's right. a definitive shift after the first, I don't know, 11, 12 issues. After they go to Northampton again, it's, everything kind of shifts a little bit and becomes a little bit more crazy and a little bit more open. Mm-hmm. But this this uh, this comic book is, is something, there's just something so just like 80s action movie about it that I really like. And it's it's just fun, you know? 
I I wholeheartedly agree. I can't really remember when exactly I read the first issue. I know it was probably in the last ten years. I know I I think I read it before our very first episode of Turtle Flakes, and that was five years ago. Mm-hmm. I think I read that, and you know we just started the show with issue one. But I all I can remember thinking is how different um, it, it was than what I was used to. Yeah, but how awestruck I was, even then, and this is. What? Long after the cartoon had already been aired and, and gone. This Several long... cartoon series. Yeah. yeah, true, true. I'd say I probably read the first issue somewhere around the 2003, like halfway through the 2003 cartoon, yeah. um, that run. But yeah, I remember specifically th- feeling like this is so different, yet I love it. you know. And, and, and I think that's the thing that Josh and I can definitely agree on is that you can love both. It is so different. Um, yeah. than what we grew up with, you know, obviously. But just because it's first doesn't mean it's necessarily superior. It's just different. Um, yeah. and it, But it's just as good in its own way. It's apples and oranges in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And um, and then when I read the story behind the first issue, the behind-the-scenes stuff that was going on with Kevin and Pete, that made me even love it even more because this was kind of like their – this was all or nothing for them. You know, th- yeah. this was their – Okay, if we're going to do this, let's throw every single homage, let's throw every single creative touch, every single artistic effort we can into this for this one story. Yeah. And it actually worked. I mean, they caught lightning in the bottle here um, in yeah, so many ways. This could never be done again. Yeah. This is, and it's like, I mean, and if you want proof of that, the entire decade of the 90s tried doing this again. Just like, sure. Everybody tried making their version of Ninja Turtles, and it, it kind of worked again with. Well, it did work again with Power Rangers, mm-hmm. but that wasn't like an original thing. Like it was. Anyway, I won't go into that and act like I know a bunch of stuff. But like, <laughs> was, oh, it was actually called Super Sentai Warriors. Don't you know how smart I am? Yeah. Well, anyway, Mario Two isn't Mario Two. It's called Doki Doki Panic in Japan. <laughs> FYI. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, but uh, you know, speaking of the 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 backstory of of everything, um, I found this. I bought this. I think last year. It's the artisan edition. Have you seen this, Josh? Oh, you got it! Nice. You think nice. I don't have this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I had it. And it's got it's got like three versions of the first book in here. Yeah, yeah, it's got, it's got like, like the layouts, the oh, ink version, and the finished version. Yeah, yeah, there's like the, the layout one, the inked one, and then the duo shade, which I didn't know anything about that, but um, Kevin talks about in the introduction here that it added a lot of depth, or at least he thought it did, but it was yeah. very expensive. And then the original comic book, because they had to use the duo shade sheets of paper, I guess, or I'm not sure yeah. how, how it works. I um, think it's something to do with the ink. Oh, okay, okay. Because I, if you watch the Turtle Power documentary, uh, there's a deleted scene with uh, Peter Laird drawing Donatello like that. Oh, wow. And it's it's super cool to watch, and that's really how they found their style because nobody else drew anything that looked like this where it's like black, white, and gray. It's mostly gray than anything else. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing, yeah. Well, would you care if I read maybe part of the intro real quick? Go for it, yeah. All right, so this is from the main man, Kevin Eastman himself. Uh, it says, May 5th of the 2017 will mark the 33rd anniversary of two dreamers from a small town in New Hampshire who launched the very first issue of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I am one of those two. The idea evolved out of late night work session in what Peter Laird and I called Mirage Studios, which actually was a mirage. It was our living room. Overstuffed chairs and lap boards were the workspace where I doodled a turtle standing upright, mask on, nunchaku strapped to his arms. The joke being, if Bruce Lee was an animal, what would the silliest one be? I called it a Ninja Turtle. Do you think they were high when they came up with that? (laughs) You ever wondered that? It's just like, you know, it's just... That is random. That That is really random. like a little bit of weed went into that. (laughs) Nothing harder. Nothing harder because it's not like, you know, we created honey badgers, you know, whatever. (laughs) The team Uh, full of wolverines. it, it (laughs) It does. You know what? One thing I learned about this introduction, too, is that Kevin had drawn all four of them first. I didn't know that. I thought Kevin had drawn the first one, which was, you know, who we all know as, as Michelangelo. Yeah. Well, he drew Michelangelo, and then Peter Laird drew his version, and then Kevin Eastman drew all four of them. Yeah, then Peter Laird inked them? 
It, well, Peter Laird drew four of them with weapons this time. Oh, okay, gotcha. And they gotcha. just went back and forth like that. Yeah, dang, just just how crazy is that? Just like that a random is idea. A of faith. Yeah, just like how many random ideas does everybody have every day? Well, this one worked. <laughs> this one worked and made millions. Of- and it spawned the As Seen on TV channel. <laughs> and we're so thankful for that. Yeah. Uh, so it says, there were a few more sketches, and soon a drawing of four turtles emerged, penciled by me, inked by Peter, and it was Peter who added the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles logo to the top. We thought it was the funniest thing we'd ever seen and decided we had to come up we had to come up with a story that told the origin and the first adventure of these characters. That was in the November of nineteen eighty three. Peter and I were both crazed comic book fans, and we were inspired by giants within the comics field. But one we both bonded over immediately was a guy we thought was the greatest, Jack Kirby. We dreamed of being a writer and artist like Jack. Both of us read lots of different kinds of comics. But when I discovered Heavy Metal Magazine in 1977, besides exposing me to mind-blowing European creators, those early issues introduced me to guys like Richard Corbin and Vaughn Bode. I guess that's how you say it, hopefully. I think it's Bodie. Bodie? Okay. These art gods started me on a quest to discover more work by other amazing artists, which introduced me to underground comics and self-publishers, Dave Sims' Cerebus in particular. Yeah, which is funny because they do a crossover not too long after this. Quick side note. Did you know that Shredder was created while Peter and I were doing dishes? Ask me about it next time you see me at a signing. So if you ever see him at Comic-Con, ask him about it. Uh, And then the last thing, I'll I'll skip ahead. He talks about the duo shade a lot and how it was expensive and and hard to do but added so much depth. But the last thing he says before before we read this comic, he says, In closing, I first and foremost want to pay my respects to the artist that inspired Peter Laird and myself. But as I'm writing this, not both of us, I want to properly and respectfully honor my partner in crime, co-creator of the TMNT, Peter Laird, without whom these characters would not exist. And also, our fans, without you, we never would have been able to live the dream that we have, writing and drawing comics. With much love and gratitude, Kevin Eastman. And this was back in 2017, so about a year ago. Mm -hmm. So guys, if you check out the Artisan Edition, like Josh said, there's three different versions of it. Um, It's cool. you got like a pencil layout. And all I think of when I see this is, this is just a layout, and I can't imagine how much time just the layout took, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, how many drafts did they have before they did a pencil layout? You know, it's just like this. No kidding. You know, it's not like they're making a Spider-Man comic where you've got all kinds of research that you can do. Yeah. So many resources that you have available. It's just like, this is something, this is the hard part of creating a, a brand new property. Just like it's yeah. all your own limitations, and you don't know your limitations yet. You know, it's, no. it's kind of like, well, I don't really know what a Ninja Turtle is supposed to look like. You know, it's just like you look at that first sketch of Michelangelo, and then you see Michelangelo in this book, and they are markedly different from each other. They, that's a good point. That's something a lot of people don't talk about. It's like the yeah. very first sketch and what turned out to be in yeah. issue one are radically different. If you're I actually, the I actually have a, a figure of that first one. You know, that's yeah, look at that. It's like here. Here is Michelangelo. This is you can't see this listeners, but I have the uh, the uh, the first turtle action figure that was released by Mondo Toys and 2016. It was uh, it's pretty cool. I like it. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's it's really weird to have a 3D version of this drawing. I know that sounds weird, but like that's what this is. But uh, like you look at this. This looks like just a tortoise upright. Like like one of those big like four hundred year old tortoises that lives at the Brookfield <laughs> Zoo, you know. Yep. Yeah, you're right. That's kind of the cool part about Ninja Turtles is like a turtle moving fast enough to beat you is <laughs> absurd. It's completely ridiculous. It does not work. Yeah. But the turtles do. So. But the, you're exactly right. You're yeah. Exactly right. The Ultimate Collection, the hardcover Ultimate Collection that you can find of the TMNT. From IDW, I highly suggest invest. Bless you. Oh, thank you. Sorry. Uh, I highly uh, in- suggest that you invest in that. Because- <laughs> oh God, no. Bless you. Jeez. I don't want you talking about these books, man. <laughs> uh, Buy the work because- edition. That's what you should get. <laughs> yes. Uh, because there's a lot of like panel by panel and page by page breakdowns where Kevin Eastman provides commentary on everything, and I, I reread it this weekend uh, to kind of pr- prepare for the episode. And there was something I never knew about that um, originally Kevin Eastman wanted to 
named Donatello Bernito or Ber- it was something <laughs> Baronito, but I, I think Peter Larry suggested- the Mario. Swing your arms <laughs> from side to side. To the Mario. Yeah, <laughs> it's the Mario. Oh gosh. Uh, but yeah, Don Donatello was actually Peter Laird's suggestion, and Kevin Eastman's like, yeah, I think that's probably a good idea. We just we could have gotten a turtle named Bernie. Man, it's too bad Peter Laird just stopped working on turtles you know because like dude like every idea that guy had regarding turtles was a was gold you know there's i wonder i'm curious how many ideas they threw out i wonder if there was some pretty crazy stuff they thought up with that they were like no we can't do that and they never did anything with it for an example i read once that uh they originally wanted the turtles to have japanese names but, oh wow! But they didn't know any Japanese names, so they're just like, <laughs> "All right, let's make them. Let's make them Italian. We know that, you know. This is <laughs> okay. Exactly. Yeah, fine. Bernie and Leon. <laughs> Bernie, could you imagine? Bernie sounds like that should be Michelangelo. That's our little brother, Bernie. Nobody really. Yeah, I can see Bernie. that. Bernie, you know, man. Spend a weekend got, with him. Man, Bernie spends his weekends doing gym tan and laundry. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love it. Well, well, all right, Hoser. Well, shall we get into the actual comic? Yes. Yeah. All right. I really love. I really love how this begins. At like the beginning of this book is how a lot of like the third act of other books would be. Like you find them in yeah. the fight in this one, and they're fighting the purple dragons. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's a, that's yeah. a good way to say it. They they hit the ground running and. Understandably so, because they were thinking, okay, we don't have time to set up exposition here. Let's just get right to the action because yeah, we've this got is probably going to be the only comic. Yeah, we've got 40 pages. That's all we can afford to do, so we've got to make every single page count. And imagine a reader opening up this book for the first time. This is the first thing they see. I mean, you have a close-up of Leonardo, and then you've got the four turtles. You've got Raph on the left, Leo, Donnie, and Michelangelo. Um I, I, I couldn't imagine what a reader would think is when they're first seeing this. You know, either one, it's absolutely absurd and this is stupid, or two, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, and, or this is absolutely absurd and stupid, and I absolutely think this is the greatest thing that I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's probably the way of, I think most people feel. It's a weird combination. Yeah, it's like you know, I I really wish. I'm really glad that this wasn't my introduction to the turtles, but I always kind of wonder, man, I kind I kind of wish this was my introduction yeah. to them. But yeah, I just I cannot imagine what it was like seeing this for the first time in '84. Like I was one when this came out. Yeah, I wasn't even born yet. Yeah, you weren't born. Yeah, it's just I was one year old when this came out, and I didn't see this. I didn't see this book until I was like a thirty year old. Yeah. yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah, and you know, and I had all this history with the turtles, and just seeing like, man, it, it was so different. And mm-hmm. this is, and also I think like the first eight pages, nine pages, like is the biggest influence, and also the be- the biggest disservice to turtle fans. <laughs> really? Why you <laughs> in say retrospect? That? Because all we hear about people that people like us that grew up watching the cartoon and the video games and the toys and we knew it as this merchandising juggernaut we always have to have those two or three friends that are just like i don't know if you know this but back in the day (laughs) and they actually killed people it's like okay well they kill like four dudes in this book oh i know yeah pretty handily too and they don't kill anyone else in the entire series except for shredder they don't kill anyone else. They just knock out a bunch of people. You know, they pff, seemingly they do. I mean, maybe maybe I'm reading them wrong. I don't know. Maybe, no, yeah, no, 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 no. But you know, I, at least of the ones I've read, I've not actually finished the whole series. Although I do know how it ends. Yeah. Um, the ones I've read, and it's probably about half of them. Um, I don't remember them killing anyone. Even the the one with the space aliens. And it was a big deal when they did kill somebody. Like you know, just going further in the series, Donatello has to shoot a foot soldier. Yeah. And it has a huge psychological effect on them. What about that one, the survivalist? They blew themselves up, right, with that bomb? Yeah, or it's what? just like they use Batman logic. I didn't kill you, but I didn't save you either. Ah, true, true. 
So yeah, uh, and then immediately on page two and three, you get the giant spread. You know, this is where they're poised and ready to, um, in midair about to attack the purple dragons. So it yeah. really does hit the ground running in so many ways. And it is just eye candy, especially this artisan edition because the pages are bigger. Oh, it's beautiful, guys. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. There are so many iconic images in this book that became iconic. Mm-hmm. There's there's mm-hmm. like six splash pages in this book or full page spreads in this book. and they That are still, still redone, yeah. They're still used in advertisements today. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Like a lot of the rooftop scenes from yes. the, the, the cover. I mean, on, that, that has been redone countless times. On the first page. Under the second, it's two panels. The second panel, I bought that shirt at Target a year ago. <laughs> it is still used. Yeah, what is it, 30, how many years now? 34, 30, 34, 34 years. 34 years. Yeah. yeah no, it is. It's, yeah, 34 years now. Yeah. Yeah. For an indie comic, like just the way they, they did the panel work. I'm not, I mean, I'm not an expert on layouts and everything, but it's not like everything's a panel. For instance, I'm looking on page five. You got Raphael poised with his size on the left side, and you got three panels on the mm-hmm. right, and then you've got a panel bottom center. It's just the way the layout for this is. It looks so professional, and this is where you appreciate the artisan edition because you you appreciate all the the planning that went into this way before we got what we got. Yeah, and you know, there's a lot. There's a lot of like. I guess like negative panels where like there is no panel there, but there's a drawing and it kind of like breaks through the wall of the other yeah. panel at Raphael picture of him jumping and like his arm and leg go through the other panels. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so they take out the purple dragons pretty quickly and yeah. they go to the sewers at the, uh, at the sound of police sirens. And there's that iconic line of, you know, we strike hard and fade away into the night, which is still used today. Right, yeah, and and I love. I think one of my favorite shots of the whole book is on page nine with the whole city yeah. backdrop there. Yeah, and the turtles are just gone. Yeah, they're gone. They're yeah, gone. it's just an abandoned alley, and you see all the attention to detail with all the buildings and and all the litter that's, you know, the trash that's on the the sidewalks, the cityscape. It adds so much depth. And what I think is so interesting is, uh, in reading the Ultimate Collection, Kevin Eastman says that they were actually going to cut this one part because the turtles weren't necessarily in it, and that duo shade um, ink or paper was so expensive yeah. that they were like, is it really worth it? But they both decided, Kevin and Pete decided that it set a really good tone and mood of yeah. the um, story, so they kept it. And I'm so thankful they did because you kind of get a full... You get a real sense of scale. Exactly, you, yes. You get a sense of scale of the story. It's like these are four people, well, really five, really six or seven actually, eventually. <laughs> but it's four people in this massive city that probably doesn't even know they exist. I mean, they don't yeah. know, you know, and it, they'll probably never know. So let me ask you something. You know, this is a debatable thing here. Do you mm-hmm. think this page would have looked better in color or black and white? I think that I think that this issue looks better in black and white. I like color better. It's weird. This looks better in black and white, but as the series went on, it got better in color because as they got more daring at Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird and then eventually Jim Lawson and everybody else as they got more daring and ambitious in their art there were some things that I feel just me personally got lost in the shuffle of black and white and like particularly the uh when they go to the Triceraton land whatever dimension that is I can't I don't think they ever named it I don't I don't remember it anyway yeah when they did that and there's like that big fight in the bar, there's a couple of things where it's, just, it's hard to understand what's going on. Like issue five where there's a, a massive fight between the Turtles, the National Guard, and the Triceraton Army. It's hard to see what's going on because it just looks like a big thing of stuff on a page. <laughs> and again, I am not an artist, so I don't know, but I, it's kind of like you, you know what you like. You know, every everybody's a critic, you know, but I uh, just I don't know. It's it, I think this one issue works best in black and white. I think the series overall looks better in color. I you know I I, t- I tend to agree with that, I, especially this this page here, page nine. I think just seeing this page kind of reignites the fire in me as a fan because I'm like, wow, I could just stare at this for an hour and look at all these little details. 
Um, just that, drawing windows on buildings sucks. No kidding. Yeah, yes, it does. Can you imagine how much time this took Kevin and Pete just to do this one page? So, you know, kudos to... It doesn't sound like a lot, but they probably spent a whole day on this page. Oh, e- easily. easily. Think about I- that. I'm with you. Think about that. A whole day on one page. Of their lives on this, this one page, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully they didn't screw up and have to start over, you know, but... Yeah. <laughs> and they were about to cut it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so so moving on from that, after page nine, um, you get the origin story. You get the told from Splinter himself. You get Splinter's origin story. I mean, the turtle's origin is kind of, it's there, but it's at the end of it. This is really Splinter's uh, tale here. And we all know it, so I don't think we need to go into it, you know, but it is the, I was a rat in a cage making my master's movements. Little hokey, but that's Ninja Turtles, whatever. <laughs> but I would like to know what you think of the design of Splinter because my only deal against Splinter's design has been a consistent one with me. It's like I don't like how small Splinter is. You know, it just Oh, sure, sure. I, I, I don't mind that. I mean that's I think I, I love what the two thousand twelve series did where and even the IDW series where Splinter is like no, he's a six foot tall rat. You know, yeah, <laughs> it would be. You know, Shredder so. is just ridiculously tall. That's why the the height difference there. But like Splinter is t- Splinter is a. I don't. I never understood why Splinter shrank when he got. He shrank when he got mutated, but the turtles all got bigger. It's like, well, yeah. Doesn't it mention it a little bit here? Like that that he grew a little bit, but no. Turtles... I I don't I don't think they I don't think they mention it at all. But like, there's no reason huh. to believe that Splinter or hum. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, because Splinter's not Hamada Yoshi here, but like I don't I don't get I don't know. It's just weird. I just I don't like the it's just me. I, I don't like the image of like a four foot tall rat beating up a six foot five ninja. Oh <laughs> see but see me reminds me of Yoda. <laughs> don't get me started. Man, Yoda versus Count Dooku was the dumbest thing I've Oh, don't don't before. get me started, you hoes. He Jeez. looked like a wind up toy. Oh stop. Not, you're, you're the wind up toy. Uh, <laughs> One thing I love about Splinter's design is I love the pupilless eyes. I like just the plain white eyes. I think that's a cool look for him. Yeah, and you know, and, and that, and every now and then it's just kind of like he's got pupils and then he doesn't, and he has pupils and then he doesn't. Oh, it's sure. like he grows pupils when he has to read. <laughs> His reading pupils on, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just, that's what I like about you know the 2012 series. Again, whenever they were in ninja mode, they didn't have pupils, mm. <laughs> and then when they didn't. When they were talking to each other, they had pupils, but whatever. But yeah, well, I wonder if that's, that... there was a conscious decision to do that. Oh, I bet you it was. It, it had to be. There's no other way it couldn't be. But like you know, I, and then you get the designs for the baby turtles, and I really like the baby those those full baby turtles. So adorable, yeah, full baby turtles. <laughs> they're so cute, and they are. They are. And the one thing I like is is that, and you don't see a lot of this now. It's like they cut the Oroku Nagi character out. And kind of replaced him with Saki. You haven't seen that since this issue. Yeah, it's like... Oh, okay. I, really? Because, like, I've not um, yeah. I've not read all of the Mirage comics. I, I'm close, Neither but I'm trying to save it for like, the show. But, like, in any other any other comic book or video game or movie, there, any other Turtles medium, there is not a hint of a inclination of Shredder ever having a brother, an older brother named Oroku Nagi. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if IDW will ever do anything with that. Maybe not necessarily make it consistent with this issue, but at least introduce him as a character, you know, in a flashback issue. Um, I don't know. See, like, in my head, they're 89 issues in. If they were, and sh- spoiler, Shredder's been dead for, like, almost 40 issues now. If they were yeah. going to do it, they would have by now. You think so? Yeah, I, I really do. Yeah, with, with how they are with characters, we're like, here's a dude, we'll see him in 10 issues. Yeah, you know, that's true. it's like Good you know, point. They, they hinted the Mutanimals twenty issues before they showed up. You know, it's just yeah, true. Very good point. Yeah, and and you know, and plus, you know what? At the end of the day, you don't need them. You know, Shredder. No. Shredder has been proven to work so well on his own, mm-hmm. like to the point to like the two thousand three series was basically Krang as Shredder. You know, the two thousand twelve series was shredder as splinter's buddy for so long 
Yeah. And, you know, it's just there are so many other things that you could do with Shredder that, like, you don't, you just don't need it. Yeah, yeah. But for those, you know, if there's anybody listening that's that doesn't know the original origin story, but Oroku Na- uh, Nagi was the one who beat Tang Shen pretty severely. And, uh, killed her. Kill, yeah, actually, he beat her to death. That's true because he says, um, you know, if, if I can't have her, nobody can. Yeah. And Yoshi, out of a fit of rage, kills Nagi, mm-hmm. which uh, uh, breaks the code of the Foot Clan. And uh, Saki, the Nagi's younger brother, he's the one who eventually vows to avenge his brother's death. It takes some time. Um, Nagi pretty much has – I'm sorry. Yoshi has to move to New York. Uh, he starts his own, um, I think he starts his own dojo, right? I, yeah, I think so. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. doing something. Yeah. It's like, it's always something different where like he became an artist. He was homeless. He was a construction worker. He, you know, yeah, he always, yeah. it's always something different. I mean, it's one of those things that like it matters, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, 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 during the struggle between, was it Saki and Yoshi? Wait yeah. a minute, I think I'm getting this wrong. Okay, it, so uh, like Splinter, Splinter is in a cage, and he gets busted out of the cage. And who, who was fighting? Was it Nagi? It was and... Saki. It was uh, Nagi and Yoshi. Yoshi, yeah. Yoshi kills Nagi, and then um, Orokusaki, and then Orokusaki kind of uh, become grows up wanting revenge the whole time, and then does it. And then kills uh, Hamada Yoshi and then becomes like a great leader within the Foot Clan. And then Splinter, the rat, uh, is living in the sewers and finds uh, four baby turtles, a can of mutagen that uh, knocks Matt Murdock in the head. Uh, <laughs> and gets buzzed. Yeah, that, that's Daredevil. Daredevil's in this book. Yeah, I love it. Okay. We won't go into it because, like, because it's not Daredevil. But Daredevil's in this book. Oh, yeah, a lot, lot you know, of little nods. There, yeah, there, there's a lot of things that just, like, everybody knows by now, and I'm tired of people being like, oh, well, just in case you didn't know. <laughs> no, everybody knows. There's a lot of Frank Miller in this book. The book is dedicated to Frank Miller and Jack Kirby. Mm-hmm. Go on Wikipedia. You'll find out. <laughs> yeah, after we get this whole backstory, he kind of explains that, hey, this is what you're supposed to be doing. This is your mission. So this is the whole crux of the uh, plot here. He says, now I am old, and there is a task that I would have you perform before I leave this life. Now I must ask you to do that which no being should ask of another. I ask you to avenge the cruel death of my master, Hamato Yoshi, and his wife, Tang Shen. I ask you to challenge and kill the murderer, Orokusaki, the Shredder. And that's what the turtles are going to do. They send a little message. Splinter's kind of a bad guy. Ah, you think though? I mean, I do. Yes, at least this Splinter. Yeah, because as an adult, I kind of realized that Splinter is making child soldiers and <laughs> indoctrinating them to murder for him. That's true. I mean, you know that that's, that's... hi. What are you doing? You're looking for pants. <laughs> okay. Have fun. Is that, that Grayson? Was that was Isaac's cameo. Oh, nice. He's looking for pants. Well, you've come yeah, to the right I place. He came, in, he, <laughs> he came in with a thermal shirt on, and that was it. Aww. I'm looking for pants. Like, I think that's going to be the intro of our show. I'm looking for pants. <laughs> you do you, dude. Yeah, you go ahead. Uh, well, you know, for the sake of time, I'll, I'll just summarize kind of what happens uh, next. So, Raph, he sends a little message to uh, Saki's, I guess, empire here in... New York City and saying, hey, we know we challenge you. Meet us at the rooftop um, of so, such and such a place. We're going to we're going to end this once and for all. And Saki really has no idea who this is. He's like, what? What's going on here? He has no clue. Yeah. yeah, because it's been like 15 years since. And he has no reason to believe that. Oh, he has no reason to believe that four giant turtles would challenge him to a duel. <laughs> <laughs> and, As and, anybody wouldn't, you know. <laughs> and to his credit, like he doesn't even really care that the turtles he's like all right fine i'll kill you he says i still don't understand yeah, quite just... why uh, uh you know so long after this has come back to haunt me i killed yoshi 15 years ago no matter uh my men are in place and then the time is near i shall finish this business once and for all 
Yeah, he's just gonna. It's just another dude that he's gonna take out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great fight scene, guys. I, our talking could never do it justice. Just check out page twenty-eight and twenty-nine. It's a two-page spread, and I love where eventually it gets to. You know, the turtles attack one at a time to face off against Shredder. And one thing that I love so much is the fact that the the film did it almost exactly like this original book. The original film, the one turtle that lands a hit. Is good old Leo. It's not. It's it's definitely not a hit like he lands on the comics. Like he tears Shredder's chest open. Yeah, true. Like true. He, he should like Shredder should have died right there. Like think if you and that's that's kind of like the best part and also like the weakest part of any Ninja Turtle book. If you like go at it with even the slightest bit of logic, yeah, it all crumbles down. You know, but like yeah, Shredder, Shredder should have died right there. Oh yeah, but you know, like you always say, with with a book like the Ninja Turtles, you, you can suspend a lot of it, realism. Of course, <laughs> you kind of can't. It's just like it's let's have fun. Yeah, you know, but no matter how serious it actually is, okay, well, let's have fun with this. You know, but like th- this is the turtles fighting the Foot Clan and the Shredder for the first time. Yeah, it's. A th- it's a full one third part of the book, you know. So they dedicated a lot, a lot of time and resources to this fight because, it, like it, like we all said, this was the only, this was going to be the only issue, right? That's know? that's why that leads us to you know the last part where Leonardo is the one who acts actually stabs Roku's uh, Saki right through the stomach, right right out right out his back, um, mm-hmm. and he even gives him a chance to take take his own life which i guess was a form of honor so this was a chance for him to restore one last time his honor yeah. for his life and saki's like you no way buddy i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and blow us all up with this thermal grenade uh, i have a thermal grenade which i don't even know what a thermal i don't even know that that's a real thing <laughs> you can just call it a grenade you didn't have to any whatever but like donatello actually knocks uh shredder off the roof right he knocks Shredder off, and you know what? They actually have to change their tactics mid-fight. Like Michelangelo and Raphael are just like they're basically just throwing stuff at the Shredder while Donatello and Leonardo get in close and beat him up. Yeah, and which actually really works well, and like it really shows you that while the Shredder is this super tough and competent ninja, he is just the dude. Yeah. You can't take him out. There is nothing magical at this point. There is nothing magical about the Shredder. That's true. Yeah, takes you know? him out, and then basically that's it. They, th- I like how they throw one of his claws. The turtles do at the very end on page four. Yeah. He says, "We are the teenage mutant ninja turtles. We strike hard and fade away into the night." Yeah, and you basically see like Michelangelo just like flick the claw yeah. away. He's just like, "Don't do this anymore." <laughs> yeah, and you know, and that's a really good point in the book where like there's nothing left of the shredder. No, there's not a drop of blood. There's not a piece of clothing. There's nothing left of this guy. It's just like apparently a thermal gl- grenade evaporates you. Yes. <laughs> that, that's what this thing does. So, yeah, man. I mean, like with with this in mind, I mean, it's, it, what are your last thoughts of this book? Because, ah, uh, uh, oh, man, it's just, it's just a magical book. It's so – it's just so weird how just like just this iconic – commercial juggernaut of a property that is still going strong uh regardless of what anyone does to it it's still going it all came from this one book you know because like this book makes no sense you know there's there's a fight and then there's like 10 pages of just some dude talking about something that happened to a dude he knew Mm -hmm. and then there's another fight for 10 pages and the book's over yeah yeah. (laughs) good point if you really break it down, it just it doesn't work. It does not work. You know, this is this is the most ridiculous Flash Gordon wannabe story <laughs> I've ever, ever read in my life. It's like this weird, like Buck Rogers meets Hard Boiled by Frank Miller, which is what it was trying to be, I guess. Yeah. It's just kind of like yeah, it's like when Kevin Eastman was talking about Commandy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I have never read a Commandy book. In my entire life, I have read uh, the the IDW um, Commandy Challenge, which was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, but that's it. I've never read the originals, and apparently, it's a, a guy in an animal planet. Mm-hmm. 
I, I don't know. Yeah, it's after, you like, know? a new. Basically, animals have ruled the world after, like, a nu- nuclear destruction. Yeah. Um, it's Zootopia. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Very scary it's, Zootopia. It's Zootopia. Yeah, it's like, um, you know, but but then it's also, like, this, like, hard-boiled, like, around this time, I think, The Dark Knight Returns came out. I, I think. But, like, you know, Frank Miller, Daredevil stuff and everything, of course. But, like, it's just, this is a weird book. And it's, I mean, it's. It's all saved because of the writing and the artwork. Like, the yes. writing is good. Mm-hmm. It's not, I mean, this isn't Orwell. You know, it's not trying to be, it's not, tr- the great thing, I, the thing I love most about this is this is not trying to be anything more than it is. Like, this this book knows it's an off-the-wall gonzo story. Yeah. But it takes itself and the reader seriously. And I love that. I'm I'm with you there. Yeah, I, I share the same idea that this book is the epitome of indie comics at at its finest. You know, it, it yeah. takes itself seriously in some regards, yet it also is is self aware that it's a comic book. I mean, and we can yeah. suspend our beliefs just when we read the title, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah, and, and you, you can say that it's a parody. Yeah, but like I I I really hate when people try making parodies because they forget that parodies also have to be good. <laughs> That's true. You know, it's like parodies are not just jokes. You know, no. you have to have a good story there. And this one indeed has that, and it's completely unique. I can only imagine. I wish I was a teenager during this time um, to just to, to be able to, to read this and, and really kind of get a sense of the, the, the culture of comics at that time. But my vibe as a 32-year-old adult is that that was a special time in indie comics that probably could never quite yeah. be recreated again. Um, and they just hit lightning in a bottle at just the right time. And and uh, I, I just have to say that there is something magical about this issue. So listeners, yeah. if, if, you, if you've never read any of the Turtles comics, start with issue one. Uh, start with that one and, and just, just go in there knowing um, that this is the foundation of something truly special. And um, yeah. it, it's, it's really cool because it was two guys that just happened to – Strike gold, and it's turned into something that we all know. It's a household name now, but uh, yeah, but yeah, it's just two guys that wanted to make a comic, and this was the idea. Yeah, it's just like I wonder what other ideas they had before this. Yeah, me too. I think about the yeah. same thing. But all right, Hoser. Well, um, we are out of time, and listeners, we're we're doing this new thing now where we uh, we record for about an hour. We're trying to focus more on the actual content instead of all the links. But I will go ahead at the end of the show and just mention every, you know all the ways you can contact us. So so the first thing is uh, we do have an email address, and that I think is the primary way you can uh, get in touch with us. It's turtleflakespodcast at gmail dot com. And speaking of that, I have a question for you for the week. The question is, when and how did you discover TMNT Volume 1, Issue 1? And what does this issue mean to you personally? So if you want to send us an email about that, we would share it on the next episode. And uh, we would love to hear just your stories. You know, you're just hearing our takes, but we want to hear what what your personal story with this issue is. So please, send us an email. I challenge you to do that, and we will be happy to share it on the show. Also, we're on Twitter, at TurtleFlakes, all one word. We do have a Facebook group page, which thank you so much for Thaddeus and, and Josh handling that and taking good care of it. Um, mm-hmm. It's facebook.com slash groups slash turtleflakes. We have a TurtleCom hotline. That's for any caller who wants to talk about anything turtles. Uh, as long as it's turtle-related, give us a call. It's 865-309-4875. Um, and a big slice of pizza goes out to our friends, Mark Pellegrini from TMNT Entity, Anthony Hernandez from Totally Tubular Turtle Tuesday on YouTube. Check out BatBomb82. And we are proud partners of the Retro Gaming Times free online magazine. That's classicplastic.net slash TRT. The new uh, January issue should be out as you're hearing this. And I actually wrote an issue in or epi- Listen to me. I can't talk. I wrote an article for that issue. And it's all about Pokemon and my memories of that and how my, my wife has... 40 hours into the game and i've got 20 right now <laughs> so so uh yeah feel free to check that out it's all free all the back issues and a big shout out goes to mr josh who has been a writing machine you want to talk about turtle tracks blog real quick hosehead uh yeah so you can uh find me and any of my just meandering writing uh at the turtle tracks blog it's a website that i have that i just talk about just whatever just kind of geek stuff is out there i don't i kind of hate that it's 
describing it as a geek website because it's not. It's just this. <laughs> I just write about the stuff that I like. Yeah, I read a lot uh, a lot about um, uh, toys. I read a lot about movies. Uh, the just the basics action figure reviews. Uh, I'm going to be doing a lot more comic book reviews soon. Um, as soon as I get done with writing about the. As soon as I finish the just the basics figures, I'm going to start uh, figure retrospectives, which is pretty close to being done. Cool. Um, I'm going to be going into a lot of comic book reviews. Um, it's I know it's called Turtle Tracks, but it's not just about turtles. But I also like just recently, I started talking about my favorite. Uh, I made a list of my favorite gaming uh, moments of 2018, where like you know, just very briefly. Uh, reveal uh the end of content for friday the 13th the game was a huge thing um and so i do a lot of a lot of reviews and stuff like that so yeah it is turtletracksblog.com and you can find it on facebook as well on i don't know hold on just look it up on facebook go to the search bar type in turtle tracks blog you'll find it there you can't get away from josh you'll find him yeah it's, it's a page not a group um so you can go ahead and like it, share your stuff on it if you like, um, and comment, tell me what I'm doing wrong and what you like. <laughs> and on that note, Hosehead, the, the question we all want to know is what type of pizza are we going to have to close out uh, another Totally Tubular episode of Turtle Flakes, Hosehead? You know what? I don't want pizza. Today. Really? Nicole made chili last night, and Ooh. I'm going to eat I'm gonna heat that up in a pan. I'm going to, oh. you know, you ever, the next day fry in a frying pan, make chili. That's awesome. Oh, that sounds great. Great. So eat yourself some chili with butter and mozzarella in it. That's that's what you need oh, to have. Oh, butter and mozzarella. You know, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that on my pizza just to yeah, blow up my stomach. Yeah, <laughs> man. Chili and cheese. There you go. Chili and cheese pizza. You chili know. and cheese. I like it. Classy. It, it does. It's better than pineapple. You know? oh, oh, no way. Get out of here. Pineapple's good. No. You pineapple like it. Is, I like pineapple. Yes. I like pizza. Yes. They don't go together. Yeah, sure they it's do. Exactly it's exactly why I don't make mayonnaise and peanut butter sandwiches. I oh, like mayonnaise. See, I, don't, I, I like mayonnaise. That. I like peanut butter. They don't go together. I don't know, man. I don't know. If we took a poll, I think more people would like pineapple you than not. Oh, shut up. Oh, get out of here. No. All right. Well, all right, listeners. Well, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for uh, sticking with us all over the years. We're going on almost six years now of yeah. the show, and that, that is – I can't believe it. So thank you so, so much for sticking with us. And I'm, I'm – I'm very sorry that we didn't do our Christmas episode this year. Yeah, I, I, yeah, me too. I feel really bad about that, you know, because that was because really briefly, really very quickly. I promise, uh, Rob and I actually came very close to not doing this show anymore. Yeah, and it was. I think I don't know about him, but for me, I listened to last year's episode where we did "We Wish You a Turtle Christmas" with me, you, Josh, Witt, and Thaddeus, and Nicole was even on it. All five of us. Were oh like, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I was just like, I just, I miss that, you yeah, know. Yeah, me too. I kind of, I kind of know that I'm, I've wanted to be a writer since I was eight years old, and I know I'm not going to make a living at it. I know oh. it's just, and I'm not trying to like, well, poor Josh. I'm, I'm, I'm being honest. I kind of know that I'm going to end up in the labor force again, probably within this year or this upcoming year, and I know, and it, it really sucks that just sometimes your dreams don't come true. But what's awesome about that is that I get to hang out with my friends and talk about one of my favorite properties. I think like second only to Spider-Man and Spider-Man kind of sucks nowadays. (laughs) Uh, This, this series has never steered me wrong. I really love, except for you got go, go play the Spider-Man video game. It just came out in September. It's really good. Go out and buy that. It's really good. But like, I absolutely love the show. I love the people involved with the show, even the ones that aren't on the show that are still involved. You know, like Nicole, Thaddeus, Rob Veach, BJ Hahn, Michelle Ivey, everybody that's involved in a roundabout way in this show. I really do appreciate all, all of it, and it'll never get better than this right here, I don't think. Oh. So there it is. That's why I want to keep doing this show. It's because of Rob. It's because Rob Luther. It's because of Nicole uh, telling me that I should. Um, it's because I get to buy all of these awesome Ninja Turtle comics <laughs> and read them and talk to you about them and tell you why I like the figures and tell you why the movies are all good. And, you know, just 
interacting with everybody and be having I've felt more of a sense I've felt a bigger sense of community because of this show than I ever did when I was in the army when I was growing up when I was in college you know I I I never felt wanted anywhere until this show wow so that is why Rob and I continue to do it absolutely it, you always hear about we're doing this for the fans we are doing it for fans and for each other and for, you know, because we don't have fans. We have fans no. of Ninja Turtles that we have stuff in common with. Exactly. We have, you know. And, you know, I can't add anything else to that except for, Josh, we love you, man. You are a brother of mine. Always will be a brother of mine. And I can only echo what Josh is saying about our, our, our community that we have. That, that That's the reason we do this. It sounds so cheesy, but it is so true. And there's no other way to, to put it, but... It's, it's you guys that kind of keep us going and, and, and wanting to do this. And we just have so much fun doing this. This is a part of our lives. And if I could say anything else, Josh, you keep writing that because you have a gift at it. Whether we, we make it big one day, who knows. But yeah. if it's something you feel led to do, you do it. And that, that goes for all of our listeners. Um, we love you guys. And on behalf of Coast Head and myself, we wish you uh, a happy new year. I was about to say, a happy new year. They, Merry, Christmas. Say, Merry Christmas. Uh, and here's the hope that you enjoy another mega slice of chili and cheese pizza. Cowabunga. Cowabunga, everyone. Every year we talk, you know, one present from us, one present from Santa, and then that's it. That's ten gifts. They don't have to be huge. They don't have to be expensive. You know, and then what happens? Yeah, it goes above <laughs> and beyond, right? She, I, Christmas, Christmas Eve, Nicole and I are wrapping presents, and we don't we don't have a Christmas tree because we have cats and they'll destroy it. So we bought this little mini tree and put it on our kitchen table and our dining room table, and we put the presents on the dining room uh, table, and we decided that would have been ten presents, and we're looking at everything, and I'm looking at it, and it looked like KB Toys just threw up in my dining room. You remember when we were kids? Um, Christmas was magical, man. It, it, it was a magical time, and I, all I ever wanted to do was kind of recreate that for, for my kids. I mean, that's where we're at now. We just want to make sure it's special for them. I could care less if I got one thing, you know? I mean, I always think back to, like, man, how did my parents just, like, it was it was crazy the stuff that my sister and I would get, you know? It's just, yeah. like, you know, figures and play sets or really cool clothes or anything. And then I started thinking about it, and I didn't really want to do this, but I did it because I'm just I'm analytical. As, and I started thinking, oh, right around the time my sister and I started celebrating Christmas, like really getting into it, is about the time credit cards were invented. <laughs> and still no, paid for it. And nobody really knew what to do with credit cards, so they were just like, oh, well, this is just a money card, right? I have money on this. Yes, they gave me $5,000 oh. for nothing. Oh, no, I don't. Ooh. Yeah, but then also back in back in our day, um, our parents had really well-paying jobs, which they do not have anymore. So that's yeah, you know, yeah, that's, yeah, that's that's true too. Because my dad, like, he was uh, middle school dropout or maybe early high school. Yeah, and he got a factory job in Philly that paid ridiculous <laughs> amounts of money. Yeah, for it, it was called Stokes Vacuum, and it closed down. I think it closed down like right after he got disability because of his heart attack. Mm-hmm. Um, and early 2001 or 2002 at least the yeah. disability yeah. yeah I know I know uh, Dib really he was lucky in that regard you know <laughs> good thing you had that heart attack <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah I mean he was telling me that he would with overtime and everything he clears 60, 70,000 a year I'm like wow I mean that I, I have a college degree um, I have 10 years of teaching experience and I I don't even make half of that. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it takes Chris Beth and I both. Um, she's got a master's degree. To, just to kind of pay the bills and, and save up enough for the summer where we can... Um, Chris Beth doesn't have to work in the summer. Yeah. But, it, I mean, it is it is a grind. So, luckily, I I get a Christmas bonus. And that's where all the money goes to. But, 
we kind of made a, a deal in our family that we wouldn't buy any of the you know, parents' gifts or the adults' gifts. Just, you know, let's just try to get a good Christmas for our kids. No. And what you know what? My mom, she's like, I got you a gift! So she kind of broke the rule. And I think a couple other Well, you didn't buy one. She didn't buy one. That's, uh, I mean, anybody else buying you something, that's kind of... I know, I know. But, you know, I didn't buy them one. That's the thing. So you ever, you ever receive a gift from somebody, but you have nothing to give back? Yeah, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's... I don't care. I don't care. I didn't tell you to buy me anything. You something. <laughs> don't get mad at me because I don't have anything in return. Who the f*** are you expecting something back? <laughs> you, know? you knew what you were getting. <laughs> yeah, come on. Like it sounds like it sounds, is there like water running or something by you? Oh yeah, sorry, it's my son's grill. Uh, hang on, let me cut it off. Real quick. Oh god. <laughs> yeah, he's got like a little Mickey Mouse grill, and uh, it uh, makes like cooking noises. Our question of the week to you, listeners, is how dare you? <laughs> how dare you? Why are you the way that you are? Yeah. Oh god. And we watched, we watched Scott's Cops yesterday. That's a stressful episode, isn't it? You want to talk about the best, uh, the best worst episode of any television <laughs> show? It's like, oh god. Oh, I know. They're like, and they're all crying, like it's because of you. Yeah, and it's. Just, that's the episode that's the litmus test for The Office. It's like, if you can like that episode, you're going to love The Office. But you're never going to want to watch that episode ever again. Oh, I love that one. Hey, Mr. Scott, what you going to do? It's like, I'll, I'll pay for your books. I can do that for, like, one kid. And he's like, a thousand dollars. He's like, okay, I can do that. No, it's a year. He's like, a year? Huh. Yeah, oh, gosh. <laughs> we'll just wait till the check clears. Um, my favorite one is, like, where he's like, he, he's like, I don't have enough for your tuition. But, or we all need a laptop, right, for a college? For he's like, education. That's why I put your laptop battery. <laughs> he goes, wait, 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 wait. They're lithium. <laughs> oh, gosh. Wait, let's talk about that for a second. I am tired of hearing how Batman doesn't kill. Batman murders people left, right, and center. <laughs> but because Batman... Batman threw a dude in a vat of acid one day in his original comic books. He that was somebody else. He used to carry a pistol and a police badge in his original comic books. Let's not talk about how much Batman loves life. You know? <laughs> anyway, I don't. Oh, okay. I love it. Is that Grayson? Or Isaac? That's Isaac. Hey, buddy, how's it going? Hi. Did, did you find your pants? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. Can you go see mommy? I'll be downstairs soon, okay? All right. Thank you, bud. See you, buddy. Bye. Fuck you, kid. Shut the door, please. I love you, too. So much all day. Anyway, yeah, he's Beautiful nice now. Man. Yeah, wait till he gets hungry. That's Grayson. When Grayson's sleepy, oh lord, look out! 